It's the Meg John and Justin Podcast. Yay. Yay! I left a little pause there before podcast. Did you? I noticed a little, that. A little sneaky like... Each one yeah. was always a little different and my yay, instead of being like a yay, it was like a yay. It was I went deeper. Gravelly. Oh, I went a deeper as well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Vary it every time. Never step in the same river twice, can you? Exactly. It's the same with sex. We are essentially doing the same thing at the beginning of every podcast, but we're not. No. It's, it's always, always completely it's always different. Every everything always different. Yeah. yeah. Every so every time you every time we do it it's like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boring ourselves giving our own advice back to ourselves <laughs> we are so smug <laughs> it's not completely like the first time though because we're less worried about the technology than we were and we also found quite quieter places to record the podcast in. i'm still worried about the technology <laughs> <laughs> so in this one we uh we got to talking Often before when we meet up, we're mates, right? So we chat. We are mates. Uh, We are mates. I don't know if you can tell listeners, but we're actually quite good friends. (laughs) (laughs) We're not complete strangers off the street just having a chat. No, we're like, (laughs) you know, we're like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, you're in my, very much in my inner circle. You're my, you know. Uh, Yeah, you are my (laughs) inner circle. Bants, listeners. Bants. So this is kind of relevant to that as well so um, we, we kind of meet up and we, uh, we chat about our lives and stuff and this was the thing that came up and we thought oh we're going to talk about mm. this in our podcast so yes well it actually came up for me because I'm doing a second edition at the moment of mm. my book Rewriting the Rules oh, um, and if you have not um, bought or read uh, Rewriting the Rules then uh, honestly well, please don't because if you yeah. do read it you'll see that I've ripped off absolutely no. everything from yeah. rewriting the rules well there's lots of you in the um, in the new version which I would encourage if you do want to if you do you do want to get by that book listeners please wait till the second edition comes out because yeah. I think it's better um, and it's certainly more intersectional yeah um, and it also includes Master of None because after our obsession with the show I've managed to squeeze it into the book as well so that's so, really good yeah 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 well also because as Ethan sorry i'd written that great book modern romance which is really helpful for this anyhow so i'm writing this second edition and one of the things that really occurred to me so like one of the things in the first edition was something we do often talk about Mm. which is how risky it can be to put romantic love as like the top of a hierarchy like right as a pinnacle of the most important kind of love compared to all the other kinds of love and we're going to say a bit more of that that in a moment um and what occurred to me was like as just yesterday actually was hang on a minute maybe it's also a problem to put any kind of love Mm. at the top of that pinnacle Mm. you know because what we can do when we want to you know I remember it first came up for me with body image was like you know there's all this stuff about not having this thin body idea in women's magazines Mm. and when I very first came across that idea I was like well okay they should have like the norm on Mm. it like it should be size 16 Mm. women because that's the most normal Mm. um, kind of the the average size for a woman at the time Um, they should have that on the front and Mm. a student said to me like no 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 like that would be terrible like then you know the problem is having any kind of ideal to aspire to it's not about what the ideal is necessarily and then and then with the same as sex right you know you get the idea that you know penis and vagina sex is like the top of the pinnacle at the moment yeah but if we took it off and replaced it with like 
you know, lesbian separatists might replace it with, you know, women having sex or, you know, swingers might replace it with, you know, group sex or something. That would still be bad to have something at the top of that pinnacle that everyone should be seeing as the most real and proper kind of sex. I mean, as a sex educator, I want to, you know, I want to replace it with dry humping. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, But that would be terrible as well. That would be terrible. Yeah. Not everyone wants to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and some people it causes thrush because you know all that humping yeah yeah, yeah. well so, it causes thrush but it creates the environment in which thrush can thrive wow we got STIs and <laughs> thrush and yeah anyway yeah so yeah so, so it's about like the, the danger of replacing one um, thing with another yeah right? which I mean you might be familiar with this kind of thing anyway that we replace one kind of ideology with another mm-hmm. ideology and it's the ideology which is the problem yeah having fact. one that's above all of the others yeah so let's dig into that a bit with love then yeah so what are the problems with putting romantic love at the top well it puts so much pressure on romantic relationships to begin with right yeah. so if we're saying that there is one which one kind of relationship which is much more important than all the others then mm-hmm. it means that that one relationship we have is yeah. under a lot of pressure to deliver and as soon as elements of what you're expecting it to deliver don't deliver, you think, oh, this is the wrong relationship. Yes. This isn't working. Right. Which and we that's, discussed in our Master in an episode. That's right. Um, and often, you know, people are looking to that. This is what Esther Perel talks about so yeah. well, that people are looking to that one relationship to be like their best friend and a hot and passionate sex forever and maybe be co-parenting, cohabiting with that person. That person's got to be your cheerleader. Mm. They've got to be the person who's there for you every day in this mm. really intimate kind of way, but at the same time they've got to be surprising and they've got mm. to bring new things into your life and keep everything oh, fresh and like can you imagine <laughs> it's things. just too much pressure but we do do it we and we do really do. do the one you yeah. know that's the words yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. the the one who is everything to us like that is an impossible yeah. thing to match up to yeah yeah uh bish, uh, bish i've got a, an amusing graphic about this of um a knight in shining armor calls uh, only a woman hero pants. <laughs> he says, "Fancy Nando's." And, uh, <laughs> cheeky this, Nando's. <laughs> cheeky Nando's. But it's like, <laughs> but the, mm. but the. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that I've been in those relationships. I've done. Hells yeah, looking, I've done, yeah. Um, looking back at that, I think no wonder it was under so much right know, pressure. I've tried to be that person for other people. I've yeah. tried to make them into that person for me and it yeah. really does not go well. I'm yeah. much more open about this in the second edition of Rewriting the Rules so <laughs> there's another reason to read it you know. Um, uh, but yeah. the other problem with putting that relationship at the top is that it makes everyone else feel lesser and yeah. other relationships feel lesser and it makes everyone else I mean, certainly not feel... So it makes any single people in your life feel kind mm. of crap as well. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of devalues... I feel like it can devalue, devalue friendships. It, it, it can does. devalue other different kinds of love, like relationship with family. It can be that one where you feel like, you know, oh, gosh, you know, my friends got together with somebody, I'm not going to see them for several months. Yeah. Or, like, you know, I, I think I've really felt that little pain when friends have been talking about, you know, the next time they're going to see a partner... And, like, you think, well, good God, you're going to see me next week. And you never write excitedly yeah. about that. That feels kind of hurtful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And kind of the, and maybe, you know, when somebody, you, when you're, like, a, a friend's got a romantic relationship and they're in that exciting mm. beginning bit of a relationship, which actually 
again is a problem of the script around the romantic <laughs> yeah. relationship i mean actually if we're able to even all even our relationships out then you can keep the excitement going in long-term relationships for a long-term romantic relationships for a long period of time yeah anyway yeah uh but there is that sense of feeling a sense of uh, like almost jealousy or hurt or yeah. loss when, uh, when there's this other relationship happening and you're, you can it can be easy to feel ignored and that your special times aren't really being yeah. talked about in the same way. Um, Precisely. I mean, it's kind of nice in a way about Facebook that it does this kind of friend anniversary hmm. thing because it encourages us to think a bit differently about this and like to be quite excited about all different kinds of relationships in our lives and, you know, uh, measure the milestones and so forth. Yeah, that yeah. is a nice thing that it does. Although it is a, it, that Facebook is always the third uh, leg in that relationship, isn't it? Because it's yeah. the Facebook anniversary. Yeah, moment. exactly. But still, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So um, Facebook opens things up for listeners and it closes <laughs> some things down. <laughs> yeah, as does everything. So but, that's the problem with creating a hierarchy, and that that hierarchy is romantic relationships. But, right. Right. But, so. But this was the kind of revelation to me, just thinking about it, was, hang on a minute, haven't I done that with other kinds of relationships? Mm. And thinking initially, yeah, one for me was the group. Like, I remember reading, like, Famous Five books when I was a kid. Mm. I remember watching The Red Hand Gang, mm. um, about all of the planets, you know, like, all of this stuff for kids is all about, like, having this gang. Yeah. And I felt really sad as a kid because I didn't have anything mm. pre- approaching that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think as an adult, sometimes I've really clung to the gang. Mm. You know, if I've had a group of people, it began to feel a bit like my gang. Mm. That felt super seductive. Yeah. And again, you know, wanting to put that above everything else, like, you know, even like thinking like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if we could all move in together? You know, just exactly yeah. the same kind of things you do with romantic relationships. I could really easily do that with a with a group. Definitely. And so and the, the problems with that is that mm. when you do that, you're asking that group to fulfill a lot for you. And mm-hmm. what, because a group is a collection of lots of different relationships mm-hmm. that you're also requiring everybody to I guess complicatedly you're requiring everybody else to make sure that that hierarchy is in place for them yeah it also means that you're devaluing either relationships that are outside of that community or one-to-one relationships that are potentially that's right and also potentially putting a lot of pressure on that group that again is unsustainable that that again you know we're saying with romantic relationships that that kind of pressure often means that they have to either break up Mm. or stay together under this state of extreme pressure yeah trying to be all things for the person and again again, the same could be there with the group that it puts it under pressure like everyone has to you know stay in that same group out for the lifetime even when people in that group actually it's not really serving them anymore and, and it can really fix people in a role in that group as well can't of it? course it really does doesn't yeah. it because you're the you're the playful one in the group or you're the serious yeah. one or you're the one who always organizes everything yeah and it feels like you can never let go of that identity otherwise the whole group's going to disappear yeah yeah oh man um, mm. The other thing we're talking about is that um, we, we're not parents. We should preface this by mm-hmm. saying, but um, but uh, where people become parents and they have kids and yeah. their kids, I've many many people have said this to me that you know, Justin, when you have kids, you know that your kid becomes the most important thing in your life. I'm like, mm. cool, yes, yeah, I can understand that, yeah. And um, but uh, certainly for me, I kind of feel like a bit, you know, I totally get it. And this sounds a bit childish, but I do feel like, you know, I am now going to be missing out on that person for a while. I can understand why having kids mm. takes up a huge amount of your time and energy. Well, again, and I just think it's sleep. worth it's just worth thinking about in the same way. Mm. You know, again, we're not saying that you know 
a group group relationship or your romantic relationship is not really important and similarly with the relationship with children but the historian Simon May wrote this book about the history of love mm. and when I heard him speak about it he was saying there's culturally we seem to be going through a bit of a shift from romantic love being that one at the top of the pedestal which mm. started in about the 1950s mm. that you know your romantic love is supposed to give you everything and I think perhaps because of all of the high rate of divorce and breakup and mm. people realising quite how painful romantic love can be there seems to be a bit of a cultural shift to the child mm. you know being like excessive significance being placed on the relationship with children as the thing that's going to meet all your needs mm. in a similar kind of way like mm. that's the pure love mm. like a child can give you what an adult couldn't because the mm. adults so, sort of got all of their baggage or something mm. and again you just might want to think through well if you are going to see a child your child like that or your children like that what kind of pressure might that put on them yeah you know we know how parents can have such a script for their children mm -hmm. which can again like the script in a group of friends you know can be like oh that that's the clever one that's the sporty one yeah. that's the one who never does any good that's the one who has all the problems yeah. you know it can really put a lot of pressure on somebody to just be one thing and not all of what they are mm -hmm. um and similarly you know a parent can this is what Simone de Beauvoir wrote about a parent mm. can put all of their identity in being a parent mm. and in that child having a certain kind of life which can put the relationship under a lot of pressure and also mean that the parent doesn't really get to be them yeah. in their, their life either um, and again absolutely we're not parents so we're the last people to be giving like parenting <laughs> advice um, but you know it might be worth thinking through again what is that if you put the, the all the significance on the parent-child relationship as like the top of that pinnacle mm. what does that do to that relationship what does it do to the people in it and also what does it do to the people who are not in that relationship yeah. might there be other ways of doing it might there yeah. be other ways of bringing other people into your life who can and also be supportive of that kid for example or or supportive of you or both you know? I think it's the other thing to say that we've talked about in terms of relationship anarchy that mm. um, valuing people on the, the so the opposite of creating a hierarchy as we've talked about previously mm -hmm. might we suggest is like relationship anarchy mm -hmm. uh, which there's a better term for it but uh, relationship anarchy is yeah. where we try to value different kinds of relationships on a more similar kind of footing yeah it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that we put the same amount of time or spend no. the same amount of money or, or have the same, same amount, amount of intimacy in each one no there, there will always be some that have you know a bit more time in them a bit more you know more likely to be cohabiting yeah you know there, there will be, always be differences and having kids is a really good example of this yeah. because you know uh if you're not spending really quite a lot of time yeah. with your children, you're not doing it properly. <laughs> yeah, although there's cultural diversity in how people bring up their kids, which people often forget, I think, yeah, you know, definitely. that actually, like, actually not in all cultures do, do parents bring up kids. You know, yeah. there are situations where kids are brought up collectively or more by siblings or grandparents. So. Well, this is where, yeah. um, this is definitely, um, certainly even true in London, uh, I when I was employed to do work with young people mm. uh, like face to face I was working with a lot of um, young people who, like who were parents like yeah. um, and typically um, what might happen they have been might, might be like 15, 16, 17, mm. 18 year old parents and they would be so their their kids would be living with them with their with their mums and dads yeah mm -hmm. or, and who may also have other relatives either living in the house or living near them and they and their siblings might still be living there too so right, right. it would really be quite a lot of people bringing up 
that yeah. a child. Like so. the village raising a child and the similarly in some polyamorous situations Elizabeth Sheff has written about where mm. there are multiple parents bringing up kids, you yeah. know, and having different roles in their lives. So there's different models that people, you know, again, as with romantic relationships, one thing we might do to avoid putting them at the top of a pinnacle is to consider different relationship models and yeah. that you can do that with parenting models as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's about any, isn't it? It's like, again, with friendships, you know, you could easily put a best friendship at the mm. top of that pinnacle, yeah. you know, and think that you really need this one best mate to, mm. to be everything. Um, it reminds me of Grey's Anatomy, the TV show, mm-hmm. actually. this kind of a real thing about someone being someone's person mm. and almost that the person, your person is more important than your, you know, your boyfriend or in that show. Yeah, I'm just surprised you're not talking about Sherlock and... Sherlock and Watson here. Well, that's because I don't want to ever dis on Sherlock and Watson because their love is pure. <laughs> and, like, let's not question that. Although, you know, there's an interesting relationship with Moriarty as well and an interesting yeah. relationship with Irene Adler. Yeah. And with Lestrade. Oh, I'm um, going And with the Hound. I've gone into this really <laughs> deep. Um, <laughs> I could talk about Sherlock, like, all day. Like, all day out, and all of the night. away like. from home. <laughs> Gregson, you know, oh, that's okay. also the. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it cycling? No, then I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but there is that thing of, you know, that where we. I guess there's, this is probably true for a lot of teenagers as well, that, you know, that there is like a real excitement in getting a best friend, but then when yeah. the culture then says that really that's not good enough you need to also get like a romantic yeah. person as well that could be really hard too it's a different kind of hierarchy I think then. in our culture really best the best friend model kind of prepares us for the one model yeah. but in a really painful way like mm. in a way you know kids up to a certain age are taught they should have a best friend mm. And then, the, and then that was supposed to be preparation. Like that wasn't the real relationship. The the romantic one was going to be the real one. So that's at that point they have to let their best friend go. And I think a lot of us have some real painful times around that period. Definitely. And also, yeah. one of the things that is I've heard taught many times in sex education is that the best way to have a romantic relationship with somebody is to be friends with them first. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's as if like inherent in that is the idea that friendship is kind of lesser and it's like exactly. preparing ground for yeah. that thing but also a lot of people are heartbroken when they realise that actually no the other person did actually want to be friends and yeah. the script told you that no and that's so sad like that yeah. the friendship is seen as less you know I mean in rewriting the rules one thing I do a lot of is thinking about how what it would be like if we treated our romantic partners more like mm. friends and our friends more like romantic partners yeah. but then we might extend that out to all of these different kind of relationships in our lives to think mm. you know what might it be like if we really questioned that whole hierarchy mm-hmm. and included things like relationships with groups and mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. and children and other family members and God God um, or God or gods yeah um, uh, our co-author relationships and yeah. colleague relationships we have several different relationships within our relationships exactly like, yeah 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 really nice and that's been a really key one for me like now I know how important in my life are my co-authors yeah you know but then I, again it's a good one isn't it to remind me don't put them on a pinnacle and maybe don't have one the one true co-author who's like somehow more better than everybody else you know it's like good to good to keep it to keep it careful yeah I, mean, I don't like it when Andre talks about their co-authors and the podcast like, <laughs> I can't bristle <laughs> the other ones are you the, jealous of Alex yeah no other co-authors <laughs> best co-author. 
<laughs> it's just different. We have a different. We have different kinds of writing that we do together. We produce different outputs. It's all okay. <laughs> you do, you Andrew. It's fine. It's I'm, poly- fine. I'm polyamorous. You know that. Poly poly co-authorous. <laughs> Question them, hierarchies, uh, question, question them. them, think about them, and, reflect you know, on we're them. not saying everybody be a relationship anarchist. No. Uh, I mean, we are. We're not. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what really. if, it's about what, what, it, yeah. what, can, what it can open up if we're not rigidly sticking to these hierarchies yeah. all the time. And um, if we're able to recognise the different kinds of relationships and that, um, and ha- what a benefit that is for the relationship that we have previously hierarchized, hier- created a hierarchy of. Yes. <laughs> and the benefits for all the other relationships. That's as well. right. That's the important piece, isn't it? It's like it can sound like we're saying, oh, you know, do this because it's better for your friends and your family relationships and your co-author relationships or whatever, you know, to, but it's actually also better for whatever one was being put on the pinnacle. It might be really quite liberating yeah. to take that off the pinnacle. And also the danger with anything on the pinnacle is it's easy to fall off. Yeah. And that's where we get, I think it ties in with breakup, mm. is there can be a sense with any relationship whether that's the group the friend whatever that's on the top the child relationship mm. is that so that that pressure of being on the pinnacle makes it much easier it can fall off and just become nothing yeah. like there has to be a breakup or a ghosting or a complete um what do you call it estrangement in a mm. family rather than if it wasn't on the pinnacle it might be po- more possible for it to change and be flexible yeah. and to find its find another place if things yeah. if things change in that relationship and maybe to think about it in terms of in our relationship zine uh, so I create your make your own relationship user guide user guide that's yeah. the one um, that rather than thinking of pinnacles maybe it might be more helpful to think about kind of concentric circles of yeah. closeness and who's and who it is that is in your kind of uh, in your, the, your like nearer the, circle yeah like the inner circle and, and also there's that sense that you could have comets who sometimes come yeah. into the inner circle and out people could ebb and flow over time yeah. and it doesn't have that sense of it's all or nothing yeah. on the top of the pinnacle or fallen off and crashed on the floor you know it's like yeah. much more fluid totally mm-hmm. there we go Cool. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> if you've not already subscribed, subscribe. Please subscribe and tell everybody and like it and just, you know, yell about it in the street at the bus stop or something. <laughs> tell people on the bus, hey, I'm listening to a great podcast. Give them one of your earphones. <laughs> What's a good idea? <laughs> Consensually, of course. Yeah, I've mixed it into mono as well. So if you Have want to you? share earphones, then it's easy for you to, uh, to, listen, to both listen. Is it's that the relationship same. anarchy if it's mono? Uh, I I mix everything to mono because I'm deaf in one ear and I, right. I, I just think I'm like Brian Wilson you know I'm at the decks and so oh. I think it's important that things are in mono I see. I didn't know what mono meant so mono means it goes through one ear mono means it goes through both ears but it's the same channel in both ears got it so it's not like one of those songs where they're like exactly which I don't which you can't enjoy that sucks. So I have to listen to things to mono. Right, right, all the right. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Also, I think things sound better in mono. The Beatles albums sound better in mono. Do they? Well, well the original mono recordings. Well, we're kind of like the Beatles of our time for <laughs> sex and <laughs> Justin's face was excellent, man. I wasn't serious. I don't really think we're the Beatles. Like, there's only two of us for start. Like... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Bold claim. We're but not the, there's it. just two of us. We're just like, obviously, we're just like John and Paul. Next time. <laughs> <we're>... <laughs>
next time we introduce the podcast, we'll be like, we'll do, uh, we'll say, welcome. <laughs> we're going to dispense with the um, it's the Major and Just yeah. podcast, which you know it's been doing so well for us, yeah, uh, all over this time. But we'll do like a Beatles head wiggle and like a woo, okay, at the beginning, right? Let's do that, yeah, yeah, and, and say, you know, welcome to the Major and Just podcast. We are the Beatles of sex and relationships. Yes. <laughs> You can't say that with a straight face, whereas I can. Yeah. Like, this is John and Paul. Obviously, I'm John. And um... See, I think we're the Velvet Underground. Oh, that's better. We're the kind of... Well, certainly, I said this about rewriting the rules, the first edition. You that, did. Like, you know, I still haven't got over that comment. It's like the... Um, maybe not very many people bought rewriting the rules, but everyone who did went off and wrote their own book and produced their own podcasts. Like, so, uh, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing to be. We Velvet want to be the Velvets. Not, not Beatles. I mean, I want to be as wealthy as the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Also, but. like, you know, the whole John and Yoko thing is pretty much what we've just been talking about. Yeah. Is it not? Right there. Oh. Right there. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. Um, I stopped myself <laughs> going... <laughs> <laughs> stop myself just going into that whole relationship because there's so much we could talk there's about there's a lot we could talk about there right so our listeners are not ready for us to, <laughs> to examine uh, rock and roll relationships over the years and to go them in depth no okay I don't think they are no. but read dear listeners if you are into that <laughs> if you like that because like so many people have been writing in about the fonts like I bet everybody will be writing in wanting us to do deconstruct oh, their rock and roll relationship we'll be inundated we will <laughs> So, uh, subscribe and shout it out on bus stops and listen in mono sharing earphones. Um, <laughs> we are search for Meg John Justin, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. Our Twitter is at Meg John Justin. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we can uh, you can tweet us there. We're on Facebook too, Meg John Justin, and also our website is megjohnandjustin.com where you can find details of our book, enjoy sets, how, when, and if you want to. And our zines, make your own relationship, relationship user, user guides, guides, make your own sex manual, and a guide to erotic fantasies. Understanding ourselves through erotic fantasies. Indeed. And, and soon to be one on self-consent as well, we're thinking. Yeah. yeah. Our, ourselves, how you feel about you, consent. Yeah, we, we will work on the title. We're going to work on the title. <laughs> um, cool. And so until next time. Bye. bye.